Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live, coming to you live from the studios of Grace FM in Colorado. Grace FM Radio Network is two radio stations uh, that reach from Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way south, uh, you know, south of Colorado Springs. And I was I just met one of our listeners and call actually two. Well, I met I met listeners in Colorado Springs. Uh, some a brother came up to me at an event I was and introduced himself and told me he was listening in Colorado Springs. That was super encouraging. Uh, and then I also met uh, a family that visited at our church uh, last Sunday uh, that drove down from Cheyenne, Wyoming because of listening to Grace FM. It was an honor to meet. It was a mom and her two daughters and God just working in their lives. And it was so encouraging. Uh, I met a sister last night as well, right after service, who has uh, was listening on Grace FM, started attending our church. It was her fourth time back to church, but not only to our church, but like back in fellowship. And that was encouraging. Uh, so uh, you guys connected to us by radio, whether we ever meet you in person or not, uh, we're going to meet you in heaven, and we just want to thank you for the relationship and the privilege that it is. We thank the Lord. Let's thank the Lord together today for the honor uh, and the privilege of being uh, using technology for the glory of God and using this radio station. We thank God today for entrusting it to us here at Calvary Church uh, and and just just the miraculous way that he uh, allowed us to purchase uh, this station. And and now with all of the Bible teachers on it and the music, uh, it is a blessing uh, to be a part of your life, to be uh, what I like to say, to be a very small part of the huge work that God is doing in your life. And so this show is uh, is a show where we communicate together. Um, and so I want you to call me. No matter where you are around the country, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text me during the show, 720-336-0897. That's a dedicated text line. It's open actually 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, when the show is not airing, like it is right now, the that line is a prayer line. And if you need prayer anytime, day or night, send a text to 720-336-0897. We will pray for you. Those prayer requests, they get distributed among the staff here at Calvary Church, and then they get distributed to our various prayer meetings, uh, and we get to pray. Like this one right here, there's a praise report that came in at 2 o'clock today. Uh, it says, praise report, Henry woke up today and is responding Thank you, Ed, for joining us in prayer. Praise be to God. We had received, I had just sent out a prayer request this morning uh, to our staff that Henry was uh, in a coma. And, you know, sometimes we have a lot of prayer requests. Sometimes we have a little. 
but now I'll get to send this off after the program to let everyone know that as we were praying for Henry to wake up, he is awake and alert and responding. Isn't that great? What a happy family surrounding him. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897 is the number. Well, we're well into halfway through 2021. What What's the Lord doing in your life? What What is it that he is... Um, what is it that he's wanting to accomplish in your life? Like, what is he showing you? What is he giving you? What is, um, what, what's going on in your life? Perhaps what, where, where's he leading you? I found that a lot of people, uh, are, are really in tune to what God wants to do in their life right now. What, what about you? Uh, what's God doing in your life? Uh, we'd love to hear that. What kind of question do you have? Maybe what, what is your pastor teaching? Is your church back? Uh, in person? Are you guys meeting in person? Are you still afraid of COVID? Um, uh, And and let me say with that question, I want to talk about real fear. I don't want to talk about politics and all of the drama surrounding the... That is not the purpose of that question. I want to take it from the spiritual side of things. Uh, You know, maybe there are some issues that you want to process biblically uh, when it comes to that, but I'm not... We're not getting into all the drama of politics and opinions and arguments and I'm not going to be an a, an agent of of division. I'm not going to facilitate it. I'm not going to continue it. Um, and you know, I take that approach in my in in my own personal life as well. I'm not going to someone that doesn't want to uh, walk in humility. Someone that just wants to fight. I, I'm not going to put up a fight. Uh, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You know, you get that place, don't you? Maybe you're in this place right now. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. But you get into that place where, um, you know, you only have so much energy and you only have uh, so much uh, emotional, you know, your your emotional tank is only so full that, hey, man, you got to be really precise in how God's, how you're going to present yourself to God, uh, how, how he's going to be very precise in being led by the Spirit. Uh, and today's Proverbs was just, I mean, hopefully you're reading a proverb a day, uh, like a chapter of the Proverbs a day for wisdom. And today's Proverbs were, were just so encouraging, um, you know, that <clears throat> uh, I was um, in verse 9, he who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. And, you know, when you're in the middle of a difficulty, right, uh, it's just better let the Lord deal with it. You know, let the Lord deal with it. Why would you post all kinds of nonsense on Facebook? Why would you do that? Why would you put all that info out, out on Twitter? The Bible says that he who covers a transgression seeks love. So you know right away when people are doing that kind of stuff on Facebook and and uh, maybe to you or someone you love, that that's not love. That's not God. That's not, the Spirit of God is not leading that kind of drama. The Spirit of God doesn't do that. Um it's 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 better that you um, work it out like Jesus said. I taught that last night in our Bible study. Uh, if your brother sinned against you, go to him, you and him alone. Share the matter with them. If your brother hears you, you've won your brother. But the problem is in order to do that, it requires humility. You also have to admit that maybe you were wrong. Uh, and and so, you know, the, the Proverbs today were just so powerful. I'm skimming through them right now. Uh, and... You know, here's another one. A brother loves at all times. Excuse me, a friend loves at all times, but a brother's born for adversity. 
Oh, what a blessing that those kind of relationships. He who this one's the one I think that that stuck out to me today. He who loves transgression loves strife. Do you know people that love strife? And you're like, Ed, what does that mean? What do you mean love strife? Well, do you know people that love to to fight all the time? The word literally means contention, wrangling, quarreling. Uh, it, <laughs> it here's the definition from the word study dictionary. <clears throat> it says it refers to wrangling, quarreling, and contention, especially brought by arrogant and insolent attitudes. And usually arrogant, insolent attitudes are held by arrogant, insolent people. So I hope uh, as we get to the phone lines, I see the phone calls are coming in. Thank you, guys. I'll get to you in a second. Uh, while we're waiting, let me just share with you a good model for doing your daily devos. If you're having a hard time, how do I read the Bible or where do I read the Bible? Here's what I suggest you do every day. Number one, read a proverb a day. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs, so read a chapter in the Proverbs every day. That's going to give you wisdom. And then spend some time reading through the Psalms. The Psalms is a worship book. And if you wait, read one or two Psalms a day, it doesn't matter like how to follow. There's 150 of them. Some are short, some are long. But you're going to get a dose of wisdom every day. Then you're going to get a dose of worship every day. And then I suggest you read through the Gospels. Starting with, and, and the order is a little different than it's presented. And I would suggest this order. John, Mark, Luke, Matthew. John, Mark, Luke, Matthew. If you did that just for a year, just did that for a year, you not only would be filled with wisdom, filled with worship, but you would have followed Jesus for a year. And you say, well, Ed, what about the other parts of the Bible? Hey, you can read those as well, definitely. You know, because there is that sense, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. I'm going to read through the Bible in the year. Yes, go for it. But if you really want to impact your personal walk with the Lord, chapter of Proverbs a day, a few Psalms a day, and then read through the Gospels constantly, just regularly. Read through the Gospels. And, and you could even add the book of Acts because then the book of Acts is the Gospels in action. But the reason why we would spend so much time in the Gospels is because we're going to follow Jesus. And it is a pattern that I followed uh, at various times. I still try to read the Proverbs every day uh, in the Psalms. And, and today I was in John. Uh, actually, I was in John 15 just meditating on the abiding, uh, the abiding, the abiding command, but, what, but also how it feels to rest in the Lord. It was so encouraging. Let's go up to Greeley, Colorado. John is on the air. John, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you for having me, Ed. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, very well. Yeah, so um, I, I'm currently, I live at Greeley, and I actually attend uh, uh, Pastor Jeff Hig, uh Figs is my pastor. Um, oh, great. He's a good man. Actually, yeah, he is a good guy. Um, but uh, God's really doing a lot in my life right now. He's, uh, uh, I'm camping out in the book. It's kind of funny how you, you mentioned that you read John 15 today. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually studying uh, that right now, and God's really teaching me uh, how to rest in Him and abide in Him. Mm, and that's great. Uh, I, I, as I read that, I, you know, I'll read a little bit and I'll close my eyes and meditate on the scriptures, 
and allow the scriptures to uh, kind of consume me. And I'll ask, you know, opening questions to God. And I'll be like, what are you trying to convey here? How do you want me to take this passage and apply it to my life today? Yes. Not 2,000 years ago, but today. That's right. And mm-hmm. it's amazing how God, he, he responds to you. He, like, he, he answers your, 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 your prayer, and he answers your cry. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome point to be in the presence of God, resting in him when he speaks to you and reveals his truth. And a and, and a and a and a word that comes to life when you apply it to your life on a day in day out basis. That's fantastic! What a great testimony! Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, thank you for having me on, and uh, I uh, I also listen to you every day, uh, um, and your words are very inspiring. Uh, I, I take what you you say, and I, I, I try to apply it to my life, and. Mm. Uh, it's a, it's amazing uh, a ministry that you have to share the gospel um, uh, to people that like myself who work out in the oil yes. field and oh. um, I'm, I'm by myself so I get to listen to the gospel and teachings uh, from you and everybody else who comes on so it's a great yeah. blessing that's fantastic well thanks so much for your encouragement my brother all right, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Oh, it's so encouraging just thinking about working alone in the oil fields and having the Word of God in your ears all the time. That is so good, so encouraging. Thank you guys as well for supporting um, for supporting Grace FM. Um, I mentioned Grace FM in the beginning of the program, but also you guys know that you're listening uh, Grace FM uh, is not the only station that Calvary Live is on. It's also carried on Hope FM. And we just are so encouraged by our relationships with our friends on the East Coast. So shout out to you guys in Maryland, in Pennsylvania, in uh, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, of course. Marlton, New Jersey is where Hope FM originates. Uh, and hey, a shout out to everyone. Uh, just love, man. It's such a vibrant station, Hope FM. Very vibrant like Grace FM. Um, the only other station that we have received more feedback from is is when we were on a a, a better time on K Wave in Southern California. Um, but man, the the most of the feedback that we get is from online, uh, as well as Hope FM and uh, Grace FM. So thank you guys. Uh, you're not forgotten. We welcome you on the program. And then of course uh, Truth FM. Uh, but Man, we need some calls for this show today, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. Wherever you are, whatever you might be doing, we'd love to take your phone call uh, and talk about you know, just about anything uh, that you want. I was just, um, I'm going to take a prayer request, and we're going to pray right now for, um, it says, please pray for me. I'm having issues with my lungs and my heart, and they're doing tests to find out. My name is Pam, uh, so let's pray for Pam right now. Uh, Father, I pray for our sister Pam. She's having these issues with her lungs and her heart and going in for tests that you do give the wisdom, doctor's wisdom, and find out what is going on exactly uh, and that 
Lord, we, we trust in the medical profession. I mean, you created all that knowledge. So I pray for those that have it and learned it and are able to apply it as they practice medicine. And I pray for Pam as she puts herself into the hands of the doctors. Lord, she trusts you, but she also is uh, asking the doctors for help. So bless her, Lord, and give that revelation of what's happening so they can begin to treat it. Um, even so, Lord, if you want to supernaturally heal it, we would receive that as well. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so let's see here. I wanted, we were talking, uh, I did some some um, recordings earlier, and one of the questions was on the topic of depression because the pick of the month coming up is a book on depression. And, uh, and in that, uh, I mentioned in my answer a article that I wrote that I just recently posted on my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org, and I entitled it Christian Depression is Real. And, and as we go through the program, I'm going to try to read some of it to you while we're, while we're waiting for some calls. But just at the outset, I perhaps the Lord has taken the direction of our show today just to bring you to this point where you have someone saying out loud that your depression, your discouragement, your overwhelming feelings of anxiety or sorrow or sadness are real. They're real. Yes, a Christian can be overcome by emotions, or you could even put it this way, a follower of God can be overcome with emotions. We'll get back to that um, in between calls. So let's go up to Brighton, Colorado. Judah, welcome to the program. Hey, Ed. I was uh, calling to ask you, you mentioned just a few minutes ago what your recommendation is for like a daily reading plan. And uh-huh. I was curious, what was your reasoning behind the order of the Gospels that you chose to recommend? Oh, I just made it up. There's no. Re- I'm just kidding. I, there's a real reasoning, <laughs> so it's a good question. <clears throat> uh, it's a really good question. Because when you open up the Gospels and you start reading Matthew, especially for a new believer or if this is a new approach to devotions, and you open up in Matthew and you don't really know or have a lot of the Old Testament it's challenging because Matthew was written to an audience, to a Jewish audience, validating uh, Jesus as Messiah, and and the validation is a lot of Old Testament quotations, and and so it's a great book. You can understand it. It's I mean they're all easy to understand. But the reason I like John first is because John was written specifically to build your faith, right? These these things that were written, John says, so that you might believe in the Son of God. And that's something that when you're beginning to follow Jesus, you, you, you don't need, you, you're approaching the Bible, uh, usually a person's approaching the Bible without a great need of validating Jesus as Messiah. They believe that. Um, what they need is to have their beliefs substantiated and strengthened. And then from John to go to Mark, Mark is, a, is the simplest of all the Gospels. And Mark was written to a, a Roman mind, and, and you'll notice and, and the reason that's significant is because Mark is a real quick, you know, I'm even, even um, what am I doing? I'm snapping my finger because it's quick, quick, quick. It's just movement, watching Jesus serve, watching John, um, watching John's gospel really come alive as it's active. And then Luke, 
was written to to a Greek mind, look, trying to present Jesus as the perfect man uh, because they valued the perfect man. Roman, Romans valued action. Greeks valued you know the perfect man. And so you're looking at the ministry of Luke as, hey, th- this is the validation of, of God in human flesh. And then finally you get to Matthew because by the time you read those other three, um, you... you may or may not have dabbled in Old Testament things, but you already believe he's, um, he's Messiah, so you're tackling the hardest gospel last, basically, in your Devo life. So by the time you finish each of those gospels, you know, you'll be halfway through the year, you'll be ready for Matthew. Well, that's great. Um, I really appreciate you kind of diving into that. I, my father, my earthly father, believer, or I relatively new back to the church, and I've been trying to, you know, uh, recommend to him different reading plans to get him engaged and help him encourage to do some devotionals, so I'm going to tell him that information you just gave me, and hopefully that, uh, that encourages him and gets him going in it as well. And it is an easy approach. I, I do, I do, I do affirm uh, those that say I want to read through the Bible in a year. I think it's important we should read through the Bible. I, I think we should read through the Bible yearly, uh, and and yet I think that we should also have a simple approach to devotions, so that we're just sitting there at the feet of Jesus, soaking in wisdom, soaking in worship, uh, and it's just one of many ways that can encourage. And I've been, I've had the habit of reading the Proverbs every day now. For 30 years like that I just want and you know that's what that somebody asked me another question too, Judah like somebody text in and said how how do you learn how to quote the Bible like you do without right. having it open in front of you and and the answer is super simple you're just reading it every day and the Holy Spirit is implanting those that's why you know so many verses but you don't know the address because God's just right. implanted the truth the, you don't need to know the address you just need to know the word yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's something I'm working on, too, is a little bit more uh, holding it in my heart a little bit better so I have more verses memorized. But yes. also the address, yep. I think, is important for some people. But Well, uh, I really appreciate it, and thank you for going into that for me. I would uh, just add, if anybody is interested <clears throat> in doing something like you suggested, I would also add, you know, one chapter of the Old Testament as well. Just start in Genesis. Fantastic. And, yeah. Anyway, have a great day, Ed. Thanks, Judah. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, there was another method, um, as I was thinking, too, for you guys listening in that have been walking with the Lord for a while. There's another method uh, that was introduced to me by John MacArthur years ago. Uh, I think it was on his radio program. But he suggested that you know after you've read through the Bible and you've tried different various devotional styles, that you would read the same book of the Bible every day for 30 days every all month so i remember doing that with first john i remember doing that with romans i remember doing that you know i I, with ephesians some of the smaller books uh and that was super helpful um especially first john my wife just finished teaching that uh in our women's ministry and um first john's just a life-giving book as well um so that's cool good stuff um uh, here is a text. My name is, uh, I'm going to save her name for this. During my divorce, a lot of lies were told about me. Uh, God was telling me it's time for the truth to come out. Will you pray for the court to hear me and pray for me and my daughter 
and my fiance to be allowed to be a family. You know, it is a hard thing, sister. Uh, you know who you are. Uh, to have lies said about you. Uh, to let it go for so long. And then come to the place where you finally say, you know, the truth needs to re be revealed. And it, it's hard. It's hard just having people lie. And sometimes lies are even half-truths where, well, yeah, of course that that's that of course that happened but there's a good reason for that happening it's not sin you might be you know you, you look at the person lying about you you know you might be offended you might be all you're you know you might be all upset but you're upset because you're in sin not because i sinned uh, not because you sinned so i just pray god for this sister as truth comes out in the court um you know it, even our version of truth isn't always accurate their version of truth hasn't been accurate. And so we pray, God, that the truth will come out and that both parties will yield to the truth. That's really what matters. And so I pray for this divorce proceedings and all this ugliness because it is ugly. Divorce stinks. I hate it. I hate hearing about it. I hate even the elect being divorced. It just stinks. So I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get back to the phone lines. Dennis is in Parker, Colorado. Dennis, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks. I have All a right. question um, in the book of Matthew. Okay. Um, so Matthew eighteen twenty, where he says if there's two or more gathered that he's in the midst. And yes. you can almost interpret that, that if I'm alone, that he's not with me, which I know is not true, but I just don't understand... Correct what he's saying there well i'm what i'm about to say might shock you okay uh oh <laughs> it, it, it might shock you because this is one of those passages that the application of it is used far more than the real interpretation of it so we have come to make the application the interpretation so it is not an un it is not an un it's not a wrong thing to say or to celebrate than when a when that to say that a when a couple people come together you just know the lord's there that's not a wrong statement but but that's true that's not what is being taught here specifically uh, one of the things we need to do here is back up and get the context this is actually the conclusion of what jesus started teaching in verse 15 uh, in verse 15, he's talking about personal offenses, right? And he says, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault. You've won your brother. And that's a beautiful verse. I mentioned it in the beginning of the program. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. But then verse 16 is not so much. But if he will not hear, then take this fault, this sin, take two more people with you and do it again. And hopefully with some witnesses to the situation, there'll be humility and repentance, and then it'll be resolved. But if there's repetitive, unrepentant sin, and you going to them doesn't work, and the, the you going with witnesses, and notice, connect verse 16, um, it says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses. That's an right. important phrase to understand, right? Because when we get to verse 20, he uses the same phrase, where two or three are gathered. So this is, where you, this is how you connect contextually the right interpretation. Says if he doesn't do that, get the church involved. And if the church, if he doesn't listen to the church, then he needs to be excommunicated. That's the end of verse 17. 
Then he begins. Then he gives a a, a clarif- a, an assertion. He says, "Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." And I, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it'll be done for them. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be in their midst of them. So the essence of verse twenty is is that if, if church if church discipline takes place among the church and those witnesses, I am in the midst of ratifying uh, a a proper application of church discipline. That's really what that verse says. Oh, wow. And that that there is a validation that I'm there with you in your pronouncement. This is so important. I hear the music. I'm going to put you on hold. We'll take you at the top of the hour. So stay on hold, and we'll expand on this a little bit uh, when we get back. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Second half of today's program is starting right now. Shout out to you guys in on Hope FM and Truth FM, of course, here on Grace FM. My name is Ed Taylor. Uh, I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in... Aurora, Colorado. What a great place to serve the Lord. Uh, we are experiencing such a beautiful outpouring of the Holy Spirit on our church. Uh, you know, really coming out of a difficult year, heading into a challenging, you know, I think things are going to get more challenging. If you're a pastor or leader right now listening in, uh, it, I just, you just got to understand that things are not going to get easier. They're going to get more complicated. The Bible says the closer of the coming of the Lord, is perilous, more perilous times, not less. And it, it's that that's a global statement. It, it applies if your in if your theology doesn't work in every country of the world, then it's not true theology. Like so you can't interpret that. Well, you know, the the way that they're treating the constitution here and the what they're doing in America, that that is that that is only a subset of what God is saying for the whole world and the underground church in Iran or Iraq or the the believers in China or the scattered church in Egypt. I mean, you have to have a do- you have to have a theology that applies everywhere, everywhere, and and perilous times are among us. So uh, we need to be ready and 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 learning how to abide so we draw our strength from the Lord because it's not going to get much easier. It's going to get harder uh, and challenging, and we want to trust in the Lord. So let's. Um, Let's go back. We had a great question uh, with Dennis and Parker. Dennis, uh, welcome back. Thank you. Yep, uh, so we were talking about that verse, you know, the in Matthew 18, for the guys that are just uh, joining us, uh, at the end of Matthew 18, where that, that, at the end of this thought where Jesus is saying, go to your brother, work it out, that doesn't work, take witnesses, that doesn't work, let them hear the church. If he doesn't repent before the church, then he's to be excommunicated or removed. And then the conclusion is, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And the real context of that statement is his ratification of church discipline or his ratification of a group of believers agreeing on the truth. Um, you, so that's the interpretation. But the application is, of course, in any way, whenever one or two people, whenever two or three people are together, of course the Lord is there. Um, and one, this, if we didn't, 
excuse me, I dropped something. Uh, if we didn't have the context here, like, and we just had this one verse, let's just say we only had the one verse uh, to help where you were thinking earlier, you know, the implication or the, the impliedness of what's not said. He says, well, you know, if you have this verse on its own, then if you were just one person, the Lord's not with you. Um, that would just be coming to a conclusion where the verse doesn't say that. That's what I would tell to somebody. No, the Bible doesn't. That the verse doesn't say. Um, it's it, it's not saying that only where there's one person, the Lord's not there. It's just adding wherever there's two or three. And I would even say this: wherever there is two or three, there's always one, and the Lord is there. Okay. Yeah. And the reason this came up was um, we were praying with my mom, and um, we had used that verse just to you know, just ratify that there's three of us praying for the same thing. And, and yes. then she stopped us and she goes, well, wait a second. What if I'm all by myself? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were, we were kind of set back by that. We weren't quite sure. I said, obviously God's with us all the time, mom. You know, it's not, he's not saying that, but I didn't know what he was saying, you know? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a great follow-up for your mom because I think that that, that I mean, it's, first of all, it's a great question, and then walking through this is really good because we want to be able to answer questions like that. And fortunately, right. we're not fortunately we're not limited to this one verse. We know that the Bible states very emphatically and clearly in other places the promise of Jesus to come into our lives to permanently dwell with us. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And I think the stamp of that seal is the promise that Jesus gives to us that he will never leave us or forsake us. That comes to us individually. That, that, that comes to us corporately as a large body of Christ, but it also comes to us individually so that we can answer mom and say, you know, mom, if, what, what happens if you're alone? The Lord is with you because there's other places in the Bible that says that clearly. Right. Good. Okay. Yeah, Jill and I, my wife Jill and I, we were just trying to figure out what ex exactly meant by that. But no, it's a well, great I question. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank thanks, you Dennis. very much. Yep, okay, bye bye. See you Sunday. All right, see you Sunday. All right, bye. Bye bye. Yeah, these are really good questions. Not only do I like the question, but I like the motive. Hey, my mom said as we're praying for him, we're just kind of affirming we're all here together. And my mom says, "Wait a minute, what if it was only me?" Well, that's a good question. That's a good question when it's asked with good motives, you know, and it's also a good question if someone's trying to, well, you know, I don't believe in that God. And there's a good answer to that. Uh, and you can see how when you give a good answer, the Holy Spirit comes behind that solid answer and helps solidify people's focus on the Lord. Um, it's really, really good. 303 Six nine zero three thousand three oh three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Um, we're taking your calls and your questions, and I'd love to hear from you. Uh, and let me let me take uh, this question here. Let's see, Lynn in Greeley, Colorado. Lynn, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so my question is, I've been looking for a new church for a while now, and I've tried several out, and maybe it's just me, but what do you look for in a good church? 
How do you oh, find a, a good question. church? That's a great question. So before I answer that, in maybe 60 seconds or so, can you tell me how you're looking? What are you looking? What are the criteria you're currently using for a good church? Well, I'm looking for one that's Bible-based. That there's okay. not a lot of opinion given, but it's strictly from the Bible. Okay. Um, and I'm looking for a lot of, um, you know, like, not a lot of, but I'm looking for, like, outside programs, get-togethers where you can, like, women's Bible studies and stuff. And one of the biggest things for me is how I'm greeted when I come to the church. Ah, okay. Um, you know, I've been to I've been to several churches, and I'll go I go multiple times. But you know, after a while, if nobody comes up and introduces themselves or makes themselves available, or you know, it's it's like I don't know. It, it's is that should that be a criteria? Am I I'm really there to make friends? It's there to learn, but I mean, the friendliness of the people should be brought into that as well, shouldn't it? It it should, but I I just want to know where you're coming from because I think um, I'll get to that piece later. All right, I'll talk. I'll touch on that piece okay. at the end, and then I want you to know that I'm a little biased. Uh, and so you just have to understand that because of the, I've only as an adult, I got, I was saved in my early twenties. Uh, I was saved in a Calvary chapel. Uh, I stayed there for eight years and then I moved here to Colorado to be used of God to plant a church. And I'm in a Calvary chapel now. So I've only been in two churches my entire adult life and they've been in the Calvary chapel style. And so I'm very biased to how we do ministry. I don't believe we're the only ones. I don't believe we're the best, and I don't believe that at all. But it it definitely fits my who I am and the kind of church I want to be a part of. But that setting that aside, okay, I think there's a biblical answer to that, uh, and I think I think that there's a few. I love this question. I'm so glad you asked it. It gets asked every few months, and and it's a little involved, but it's not complicated. So first of all, I believe that we want to use a biblical model in finding. A church and the and a biblical model that we can that we can simplify is found for us in Acts chapter two verse forty two. In Acts chapter two verse forty two, it says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. So we want to find a church that has those components. That that is what made the early church so strong. And I, I, I picked this up from Pastor Greg Laurie, and I adopted it myself. He, he used this phrase, and I, I took it from him, uh, that you want to find a church that's well, W-E-L-L, and it's built on this model. Number one, you want to find a worshiping church. Number two, you want to find an evangelistic church. Thirdly, a learning church. And then finally, a loving church. Uh, and so you want to find one that's teaching the Bible. And I say... I, I don't I, I believe that you f- should find a church that isn't just biblically based but actually teaches the whole Bible every single verse of it um, and that right. that's one of the things that makes Calvary different you know it's um, that's what we do we teach the Bible we don't teach a bunch of series that never deal with every issue of the Bible we di- we deal with it all uh, and so we want to make sure that when the Bible is being taught it's so that the church might be built up. Uh, it might you that you and I as believers would be equipped for the ministry, you know, equipped for the work of the ministry, 
And then we want a church that that is going to be uh, evangelistic, right? We want a church that's going out reaching the lost, that is following the mandate of Jesus uh, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Like we we don't we don't want to find a church that's a little club uh, that is just kind of well, you know, a bunch of believers here and we're saved and. Uh, so let's just gather together and and like each other and let the world go right. to hell. Um, obviously, yeah. nobody wants that, but um, but but you would be surprised. Um, many churches, that's their mandate. They just come together and talk to each other and pretty much just talk to each other and don't worry about the world. But that's disobedient. Um, you want to find a church that's evangelistic, and then you want to find a church that is worshiping, a worshipful church, and that's not simply music. Although you're going to, you know, because there's different styles of music, you need to understand that, that if you have a particular style of music uh, that will help you worship um, in music, you know, in song, you're going to want to find a church that has the type of music style that you like. But you can always change that. You know, I walked into a Calvary Chapel and I didn't like the music at all. Um, But that's only because I didn't appreciate worship. That's all. And I learned the songs and now I have a broad approach to music in my own personal life. Uh, even my own preferences, they get set aside uh, for the sake of just learning and growing. And then finally, the a loving church, and that kind of teaches, that kind of touches on what you said, like a friendly church. And and you know, you don't want to be a part of a church that's unfriendly. Um, right. But, but that's a that's a hard thing to discern, right? Because you don't know. You you may have people. Um, of course, you're going to have people that are greeters and ushers, but. Um, that's right, just to yeah. really help you stick around. It, the people of the church, you could have walked into a really hurting church, and they need you more than you need them. Um, and so the fact that they're not super talkative or welcoming or whatever may not be a problem, like because the the truth is you could talk to as many people as you want. You can meet as many people as you want. Um, you can go in and be the catalyst in meeting people and serving people and you could do that for a long time, even if it's not reciprocated, um, because relationships take time. You know, I think social media has messed our minds up a little bit, thinking relationships can almost be instant, but they, they take right, time. Yeah. And and then and then I tell we just had a welcome gathering for our church, and I, I told everybody there that th- this is how I would summarize it, and then I would give you uh, any follow up. But you want to stick around a church for at least three to six months. Uh, and the reason you want to stick around is because every week is different, every experience is different, and here's what you want. Here's what you're really looking for under the banner of those criteria. Number one, you want to be able to hear God's word and receive it into your life from the pulpit. There, like you want to hear you. You have to be able to learn from God's word from the ordained pastor teacher of that church. If you can't. Then all these other things are irrelevant. You need that's you need to be able to connect with that pastor, and it's true you won't connect with every pastor, and that's not you. That's not that's just true for all of us. Um, we're going to receive the Bible says that a sheep hear their shepherd's voice, right? So um, that's true in the human realm too. Not every pastor is going to minister to you, and that's not a bad thing. It's just reality. Um, and so you need number one, hear the word of God from the pulpit. Then number two, you need to look around the room in the church that you're visiting and attending and say, man, is this the kind of church filled with the kind of people here that God has called me to? Um, because these are your, this is going to be your spiritual family on earth for the foreseeable future. And, you know, one of the things in our church is it's very diverse. 
And there's, it's not only diverse racially, it's also diverse economically. It's also diverse in, there's a lot of unbelievers that come through our doors, um, drug addicts, drunkards. I mean, they're going to be sitting right next to you and you're going to smell them and be a part of them. And uh, not everybody can handle that too bad. They can't, but I wish they could, but you know, not everybody they're like, well, what am I going to tell my kids? Well, you're going to tell your kids that Jesus died on the cross for that guy. That's what you're going to tell your kids. But you know, they have a hard time with that. And if, so you want to look around and say, you know, this, this atmosphere, this particular body of Christ is, I just don't know that this is for me. And you can say that without sin. But then the final answer, and this is the, I could have answered it much quicker than if I would have just started with the end. And this is what I believe personally, and I, I'm convicted on it. You need to be in the church that God tells you to go to and don't leave until he tells you to leave. Gotcha. Gotcha, because yeah. That's going to cover all kinds of things. Like, Because we're going to be emotional one week. And go, I don't like this church anymore. Or we're going to be upset one week. I don't like what the... But like, if the Lord didn't tell you to go, then don't don't worry about that stuff. You're going to have good days and bad days. I mean, think about it. I was As a pastor, sometimes I'll, I'll leave church and I go, man, I think I really did a great job on teaching that text. I think I handled it well. And I think I'll come back next week. But then next week I bomb so bad. And I'm like, oh man, that was a horrible message. I think I could do, 10,000 people can do better than me. I think I'll go to another church. I mean, I'd be going to another church every two weeks. Right, yeah. Okay, well, that, that helps a lot. That really does. Because, you know, I, I've tried out like multiple churches and, um, you know, a couple, I just didn't connect with the pastor. And I, you know, yep. but it seems like, you know, you go in and like one church, I went off and on for about four years. And after that, all that time, I still didn't know anybody. And I felt like, you know, being the new person, um, you would think that people, they would, there would be a point to seek you out. You know, hey, that person, I don't recognize that face. You know, let's go introduce ourselves, sort of thing. But you're right. I can I can also walk up to somebody and say hi. You know, there's no reason why I can't. So, and and uh, there is a truth. You. So there is a tr- there is a truth to what you said. Like I agree with you that over time there is a sense where you would expect that someone would reach out to you. So I don't want you to dismiss that wholeheartedly. But can I share something that's going to be a little hard to hear? Absolutely. Okay, when you when you choose to to go back and forth now and then to a church and and you you're going to suffer the consequences of that. Um you're you're going it, it is going to be harder for you to connect when there isn't a steady commitment through thick and thin. And right. you you let's just say you happen to go to that church and everyone's feeling the same way you are. And God has sent you to be the catalyst. Like maybe it's not going to lead to any. Maybe this season of your life, you know. And there's so many maybes. So they're all within the realm of possibility. But maybe in this season, let's just say for the four years at that church, maybe God's will for you wasn't for you to have the kind of relationships and friendships that you wanted at all. Maybe God's will for you was to be the person that reach out and and helps the person that's on the edge ready to give up on God altogether 
and you're the one because you're so sensitive to it and you truly want it in your life. And it's, you know, not everybody's so sensitive to it like you are right now. And you are the one that's just, you're going to meet every single person in that church because you're going to love them and you're not going to expect anything in return. And maybe for four years, you lost out on a real key of how God wants to use you in the body of Christ. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. Um, you know, I kind of fell away from the church for a while. I was going through a really hard time, and I would yeah. go up and on, like I said. But, um, you know, and I understand that it is hard to, to build a relationship when you're only part-time. So that makes a lot of sense. And so find a Calvary Chapel, make a year commitment, or even six months. We, I told everybody that came to Calvary that day, I said, just stick around for six months. You'll watch the Lord do a work in your life. Because then you'll have high points, you'll have low points, you'll have ups and downs. You know, in a large church like ours, people say, oh, Ed, you're so busy, you're so busy. But what they don't understand is everything's organic. I'm, I'm, not, I'm busy because my, I'm serving the flock. Like last night was beautiful. I was... We had a visitor from a pastor from Texas, so I'm ministering to him. I'm downstairs, and I meet this couple that I had met at the welcome gathering, and we had a beautiful conversation. We had like it because it all happens organically, and when we put all these expectations on people, we're just going to be disappointed because nobody's going to live up to our expectations. Nobody. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I. I that does help. I most of all, the one thing that I'm looking for in a church is that I go and I learn. That's, yes, that's no. my priority. You know, is that I want to, I want to learn and I want to go closer to God and I want to learn the Bible and and I yes. think, I listen to you Good. guys' radio program on my way home from work every day, and uh, <laughs> you know I I've learned so much just listening to the radio. Yes, so, me too. You know. All right. Well, well thank praise you. God. Let me. Time. All right. God bless you, and sister. I will take that to heart. Okay. Let us know how in a couple months. Call us back. I will. All right. All right. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. Let me take this question. That's such a great question because I don't think Lynn is doing this, um, but some of you might be doing this. I, I don't, again, another conviction. It's kind of like Paul says, I, not the Lord, says this, right? He said, so I'm not, this is, this is my personal conviction that I want you to consider. Maybe you have a similar. I, I don't think it's God's will for us to go from church to church to church. I don't think God's will for us to get, get upset. Or, I don't like how this happened. I'm going to go to a new church. Um, because if you do, if you go to a new church with all your unresolved issues and bad attitude, you're just going to infect another one. I don't believe it's God's will. And these are convictions, so you don't have to agree with them. I mean, you should agree with them. I think they're biblical. Um, if you have a compelling reason to disagree, I'd love to hear it. But I don't think this whole church shopping consumer mentality, again, I'm not saying Lynn is doing this, just it, it brings up the subject, uh, is from, I don't think consumerism, what do you have for me lately, is, is from the Bible. I don't think it's God's heart. God says to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, which somebody texts in, hey, what's the deny himself and pick up your cross and, and follow me? Uh, it, it is it, in a simple way, what, what Matthew is saying is, the Holy Spirit through Matthew, what Jesus is teaching us is if you want to follow him, it's his way, not your way. And that makes sense, right? This consumer thing. Well, I want something for my kids and I want something and I need this for men and I want to do this. We don't know what God's going to do in your life, but you've got to deny yourself. 
And the more we deny ourselves, the more satisfied we are in the Lord. And the idea of picking up their cross is a is a, an, a reaffirmation of the first. It's a part of denying yourself. It is a dying to yourself. You know, sometimes people will go, oh, you know, my, my trouble at work, I'm taking up my cross, or my wife so hard, I'm taking up my cross. That is not what Jesus is teaching. Your wife, your work, your difficulties, not your cross. The cross is an instrument of death. And Jesus is affirming it's not just denial of self, it's death to self. Um, like uh, Paul would say later, the Holy Spirit has one message throughout the Bible. And I think, uh, let me quote it for you, let me find it. Um, it says, put to death uh, the members of your body, I think, you know, when it's talking about the flesh. Uh, in Colossians 3, 5, therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Uh, this whole idea of people are, yeah, and then, you know, what has happened is the, the, um, the, um, pastors and teachers are starting to create churches. It's the, uh, you know, again, I'm, I, I value the body of Christ. So understand when I say this and I understand the, the seeker sensitive movement of the church and how God has used the seeker sensitive movement to draw people's attention to the gospel. But man, the idea of going door to door and asking people, what kind of church, asking unbelievers, what kind of church do you want? And then creating a church that for unbelievers is, it's just not the way of the Lord. You won't find that model anywhere in the Bible. Being relevant to your community, speaking the language of culture, taking the Bible and making sure unbelievers can understand it, that is biblical. I don't think we just sit around and go, you guys come. I mean, we need to be I. I, we need to be sensitive to seekers, and we need to um, be friendly to seekers. But that philosophy of ministry that says we'll create a church so we don't offend you, we don't teach the whole Bible, we don't talk about the hard things. No, man, that's not from the Lord. It's not from the Lord. Here's a question follow-up. Uh, what if your pastor intentionally leaves out certain verses when they're teaching? Well, it just depends why. Uh, would they leave out certain verses? Um, if they're leaving out certain verses because they're skipping them, don't want to teach them, don't want to address the issue, that's not good. But like I have done this before. Um, we're going through the book of Numbers and there's a <clears throat> chapter on the genealogy. I might say, you know, why don't you guys read this chapter in a mirror at home uh, and then move on to the next chapter. So I'm not leaving out verses so because I want to avoid it. It's just a, a chapter of names. On other times, I've, I've gone through every single name and given the, or most every single name and given definitions. So it just depends on why they're leaving them out. Um, but I come from a tradition that we teach through the Bible verse by verse. We don't leave verses out. We deal with every hard issue, every hard inter... I mean, we went through Hebrews and some of the most difficult verses in all the Bible is in Hebrews. And we, we should teach them all from beginning to end. Um, so that's a concerning thing, but I would need more information to really answer it. Let me give another quick question before I get to the phones. Uh, give another quick answer. Uh, uh, what happens to children who are too young to have given their life to Christ when the rapture occurs? Um, I, I believe that God is going to hold everyone accountable to what they know and not to what they don't know. And I believe that children um, that are unable to understand, that would also include children with mental difficulties. 
uh, unable, you know, mental illnesses and diseases. Uh, Those, and I I don't know the exact words, so I'd want to be careful here, so I won't use the phrases like, maybe some of you can help me, but like a child, we would say, well, he's 20 years old, but he has the mind of a third grader or something. Like that category, I think would also be in the same category where God's going to hold them accountable for what they know and what they don't know. And like David, uh, when his child that was out of the womb died, um, he knew that he that child was in the pre- the Holy Spirit reserved that for us to be re- um, for us to know that kids are going to be in the presence of the Lord, and I think at the rapture of the church, the children you describe are going to be raptured too. And sometimes that question's even expanded. What about babies in the womb? I think they'll be raptured too. Isn't that beautiful? It's so encouraging to me that God's faithful and. The overarching theme would be when we're in the presence of the Lord, we will agree 100% how God has answered these questions. We will not disagree. We will say, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, when the presence of the Lord, when it's all sorted out. Well, I'm sorry, I can't get back to the phone lines. We're already out of time. I think Lynn's question was very important. I'm sorry, Angel, your question on giving is really, really good. Either call back tomorrow for Pastor Nick or call me next week. I, I would give you an answer. You probably I believe the I believe in the new covenant, the believer is supposed to give more than ten percent. And I've taught that on our studies. Go to our app and get our studies on giving in Second Corinthians. I believe more and I make a biblical case for the new covenant giving of more than ten percent. So and also Russ uh, in Berthed, call us back. Love you guys. Come to church this weekend, Saturday night, Sunday morning, calvaryco.church. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.